All right, here we go. This is episode 48, Stick to Hockey Live. It is Jason Martinez on your left and on your right of your uh, television screen. Moving left to right on your radio dial is Russ Cohen. Russ, how are you? Doing good. Doing good. We're in the last, we're in the last turn, as you would like to say, maybe uh, on your F1 podcast, Stick to F1. Uh, we're in the final turn here. so it's The penultimate you know, corner. Yeah, it's it's getting important now. I gotta say, you you dressed up your set there at the uh, home studio. It looks good. You got a little yeah, uh, yeah. brick uh, exposed brick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more. I have my you uh, upgraded from the uh, the the vertical blinds and blinds yeah. making you a silhouette. My Grogu cup. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a wild season so far. We haven't talked in a while, but um, there's like 18 players or something on a hundred point pace this year. Yeah. In, including Matthew Kachuk, who's been unreal. That, that team is not doing well. They're not I mean, a good team. Scoring up again, Russ, is this the effect of them shrinking that equipment a few years ago? We're starting to see it really come to fruition a little bit. I think it's the equipment shrinking. I think it's um, more power plays. I don't have the stat in front of me if there are more, but I feel like there's more. Yeah. It feels like teams are now getting almost three power plays each a game on average. Yeah. And so I feel like that's up. Uh, I mean, the skating is up too. So, and again, it's harder to defend now. It is. So I do think it's all of it. You know, I talked to Louis DeBrus yesterday, who's an analyst for the Edmonton uh, television broadcast. And because the Flyers take on the Oilers tonight, when you talk about power play, you know, the second ranked power play in the NHL is actually the Ottawa Senators at 27%, which is an absurd number, especially yeah, for a they've team. They've got guys, that, they've got players, yeah. man. But, the number one power play is basically five percentage points higher, and that's Edmonton. At, they're at 31.8 now. They were at 32 yesterday. But, I mean, to click at 32% on a power play, I know you got McDavid. I know you got Dreisaitl. I know you got Hyman in that front. You got that whole thing. But, Jesus Christ, 32%. Yeah, I'd like to go back and see what the 94 Rangers number was with Leach and Zubov and Messier and Graves. It was pretty high. I imagine it was close to that. You think it was that high back then? I even? do. Because Leach and Zubov were unbelievable. Like those, I mean, there's two Hall of Famers right there when they did use the two defensemen thing, but they were so offensively gifted. It didn't matter that they're really that they were defensemen. They were super creative. And they 23%, had guys, by the way. 23. That's it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, back then, though, Russ, you know, league I guess for average, that, yeah, yeah, for that, yeah, for that era may have been high. So, yes, yeah, that's incredible then. 18.8% was middle of the pack at that okay. time. You know, right. middle of the pack now is well over 20%. I mean, it's yeah. crazy because it I, and, and a lot of that is part, you know, the East West element of the game. Now the middle of the pack, like the middle teams right now are 22%. So, I mean, the so Flyers, if, though, if that uh, was 23 was, you know, a Stanley cup winning team and 22 now is the, is the norm that's that shows the change. Yeah. Yeah. You're right though. That Ranger team, you know, with Leach quarterbacking it, God damn, was he so good. He, so. he was underrated. He gets, he gets the Eric Carlson treatment in a way because he was so offensively gifted. He led the league, right? I think he was the last defenseman to lead the league in scoring. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he went up like 105 points, something like that. And, but he had great catch up speed. So like if he was deep, he could get back and actually get a stick on a puck. Yeah. And then people don't seem to want to remember that. And Carlson gets, you know, was similarly maligned 
when he was in the high point of his career, or even now, now he's back to the high point of his career. How did that happen, Russ? How the hell is Eric Carlson doing what he's doing this year? I mean, he's well over a point per game player. He's, he's on a bad team. I get it. But Jesus, I mean, he's got like 62 points, I think, or 69 points. And it's like this massive resurgence that I didn't see coming at all. I didn't no, think he I don't could think ever anybody, get back to anything like this. I don't think anybody saw it coming. Um, here, here's 69 where, points in 52 games, Russ. He's got 52 assists on the season. Yeah, I, I've spoken to a few people, and there's a guy, uh, Pat Malloy, who trains uh, hockey players. I told you he's worked with Giroux. He works with Eric Carlson. He would never take full credit for Eric Carlson with his comeback or anything like that. He's not that kind of guy. But I've spoken to people about him, and apparently, you know, he's had an effect on him, a good effect. And and Carlson's Carlson, and he's healthy, and I think it's all of those things. So, you know, it's a it's an amazing story. It's like, you know, Eric Carlson always had it in him. And then, you know, you get a little help, too, and there you go. Yeah, Timo Meyer's been big for them. I mean, he's 32. He's not ancient, by, especially by defenseman standards. But he had such significant injuries for that period of time. You know, one of the problems with the NHL, though, Russ, is the fact that it's insanely difficult to move him. Like, you see what's going on in the NBA right now and all this player movement. And the NBA has a salary cap and system that makes that possible. And that trades of big magnitude like that, like Kyrie Irving and a trade of a player like Eric Carlson and not just guys in their final year like Kane and Taves and others, um, is exciting for the league. Ratings are down 22% year to year um, for the NHL. They have to amend their CBA to find a way that players like this can be moved and make it possible without having to do so many cap gymnastics to make it happen. Um, I don't think so because again, I'm not sure. And again, I'm not a regular NBA watcher, right? But what did they give up for firsts? Yeah, they give up a ton, but like you can recoup stuff in in the NBA and restructure mm-hmm. and reallocate. Like when you sign a deal in the NHL, you sign it in blood and stone. There's no, nothing no, I you get can it. do, right? I get it. But all right, so but let's just go back to the four firsts. Like they used to be those kinds of trades in the NHL where you give up like three firsts for a player, right? And mm-hmm. and nobody does that anymore. There's a good reason nobody does it anymore, and that's because there's so many talented guys in a draft that you don't want to take that chance where the NBA draft, like what I've noticed is, you know, you can get past the first 10, 15 picks and it's already weak. And so like a lot of teams are willing to give up these picks and second round almost doesn't matter except for some great teams that get some picks out of there. But I don't think you could you do it in accordance to the NBA because there's fewer players too. Yeah. And and so that's where they have the edge over the NHL is the NHL rosters are much bigger. And so I think I don't think you could do that. Uh I don't want to see the thing is, and and I've seen some Flyers fans and then some other people online say, Hey, in the Flyers market, we should have an uncapped league. And it's like, really, do you think that's the answer for the Flyers? not to have a cap. They hadn't had a cap for a very long time and they still weren't able to win a cup. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe they were more competitive at times, but then at times they were wasting tons of money, tons. You go back and look at some of those contracts and it's outrageous what some guys were getting for very little production or even no production because of injury and other things. I don't think you want to go back to that because I think when that league existed, uh, yes, there were, 
10, 15 teams that were really competitive, but then there were a lot that weren't. And, and it was because of just simply spending. And I, I'm not in favor of that. I, I said something on a show the other day. Imagine, like, what if, you know, because somebody was talking about trading cap space. And I'm like, you know, that has always gotten talked about. And I'm not against that. But what if, you know, Gary Bettman goes, okay, um, here's what the owners want to do. They'll trade cap space. But now we as a league have decided we're going to have um, a cap on the front office. Like, we're going to have salary guidelines for the front office. And you can make X, Y, and Z. And this is, we're going to give you a, a full dollar amount. And this is what you could spend on the front office. That's it for all your yeah. scouts and your, your GM and your coach and all that. Well, how do you think they, you know, how do you think that would go over? Because, you know, those same people that are complaining that they want the uncapped league, they still have an advantage in the front office. You could have more scouts, you could yeah. have more everything. And you still and have more no, net revenue. Yeah. And there's still no limit to any of that. It's just a limit on the cap and the players is where you have to be a little smarter. Yeah. And you know, an uncapped league, you know, that was one of the things that conditioned flyers fans thinking to this day, it still has an effect and really Philly sports fans. When there's a shiny piece out there, we're in the mix to get it. Even if that shiny piece, the luster is gone. You know, how many, how many players do the flyers sign? It was the right player at the wrong time in his career. Adam. Oh, Rose. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you look at I'm gonna give Howard you the Chuck one. and coffee. Gonna, I mean, the list is crazy. I'm going to give you the classic one. It was John Van Beesbrook. Mm. And I'm telling you, as, as, as I sit here, had they gotten Mike Richter, they may have won the cup. Yeah. But they didn't. Or Cujo. Did. Or Cujo. But I still think Richter was the answer because, you know, yep. he had the local following. Yep. And the money wasn't that different. Was it like a million, million and a half? I yeah. think that's what it was. Yeah. And the Flyers went for Van Beesbrook, who was fine, but he just wasn't as good as Richter anymore. He just wasn't. And that was a difference. And so that, to me, was like a choice. Eric messages in and said, the last time the Flyers went to the Cup was that cap era. My point is the Flyers were at their best without a cap, but to do it better by not going over the Hill players, still build draft up and keep picks. Yeah, I mean, look, we agree. They went to a cup in the cap era. They went to the yeah, cup. Yeah, they went to a cup, but they didn't win it. That was my yeah. point. Yeah, and the thing is, too, is you look at it and you go, you know, that 2009-10 season, I mean, why was that team so good? They drafted extremely well, obviously, with the Richardson-Carter pick. They yep. made some savvy moves with the Tiemann and Hartnell acquisitions, and then yep. obviously the Pronger one was a, an enormous one. Yeah, that was and, the biggest one. Without that, they wouldn't have been in the cup. Yeah, and a free agent acquisition in a player like Danny Briere, who brought a ton. And Billy I mean, Leno had the year of his life. Yeah, I mean, he went on a heater of all heaters. I mean, even Aaron Asham scored a big goal yeah. at that in those in those playoffs. So but they still had to win in the shootout to make it all happen. Like it wasn't mm -hmm. like it was going to happen and it was set in stone. And they got a friendly draw in the playoffs the way it played out because Halak just absolutely stymies the the capitals yeah. and the eight seed moves on to the conference final where they the flyers end up with home ice as a seven seed in the conference final they win that in five they shut out the canadians three times with michael layton and then we know what happened in the final yeah and i don't blame michael layton i know there's other people in this town that do i don't he was michael good those playoffs he was he wasn't the three goose eggs against montreal i know but some people blame him for the loss you know and it's like no Listen, that, that Chicago team, they were never going to beat them. But just to get back on track here, it's easy to say you don't want over-the-hill guys. Okay, so right now Chuck Fletcher has this, you know, 
thing going where it's 25 and under. Okay. On the surface, that sounds great, but you could get a lot of guys that have already kept themselves out ceiling wise, 25 and under that are not going to really help you too. And is that going to be in the best interest of the club? Like you can't say you're never going to get a player over 30 years old because I don't know if Connor McDavid in a year says, I want to be traded and I want to go to Philadelphia. Are you not going to take him because you know, he's going to be over your age limit? No, of course not. No. So I, I don't believe in this, the way they're doing it, what they, you know, it's marketing. It's more marketing than you always have to have a mix and there always have to be some totally. elder players there. Always. You have to have, your veteran core, which is 28 and above. You have to have your middle core, which is what, 23 to 26, 27 guys like Konechny and pro Ross in that age bracket as well. Say what you want about him. Sanheim, who is is on a rough stretch right now. And then you have to have guys that you're not paying a lot of money to guys, you know, like, I mean, if it's not making a ton of money. Yeah. If it's not right. Morgan Frost. Let's, let's let's revisit the Giroux trade real quick from last year. Because, of course, the Flyers traded him at the deadline. They get a first-round pick in the 24 draft or 25 and a third-round pick um, for uh, and and Doe and Tippett for Claude Giroux. Looking back on that, you know, a lot of people really crapped on that deal at the time, Russ, because Mm -hmm. they felt they should have got more. But it's a tough situation because – G was only going to waive the clause for one team. He went to the president's trophy winning team. People go, oh, you should have went to Colorado. That's easy in hindsight to say because they won the cup. But he went to a team that won the president's trophy, but just happened to run into a buzzsaw, a continued buzzsaw in Tampa and didn't didn't make it. So when you look back on that deal, I I think they did pretty well because I really like Tippett as a player because not because of the, the scoring ability and the shot ability and the size, but really, Russ, the thing that's turned me the most with Tippett is the skating. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, like I said, I was he was highly ranked on my board for the draft and then, you know, kind of got lost along the way. Um, at the time, I didn't love the trade, but knowing what we know now, it's fine. I, You know, I don't think Tippett's a future star, though. I just think he's a decent player. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think he's middle more, six. Yeah, he's a middle six guy. He still has work to do uh, along the wall. He... He loses puck battles. He takes some lazy penalties in the defensive end. He, um, a lot of times, like the other day, last game, uh, when he was, you know, when he gets a break and he's coming down on the wing and he's got the step on a guy, he has to bury that. Yeah. And he has a hard time burying it or at least hit off the, the net. And he, and he off the rush and he didn't hit the net on that. He could have more goals if he was able to do those things. So I'll give him a little time and see if a little more develops. You know, but again, he's a middle six guy. He's not going to change the world. Claude Giroux is still way better than that. But I understand, you know, how things have shook out now. Um, So, you know, in retrospect, I guess that is the best they could have done. But I still have a hard time believing Giroux would only go to one team at the deadline. I thought I thought he was interested in more than one. But if it really was originally. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, but but I think, you know, back channels eventually dictated that he was going back to to ottawa right so he was like i'm not gonna you know so i it did originally in, in my conversations with him you know not on the air or anything right um it was it was florida or not at all at the See, end now, and he was really conflicted even up until the deadline that final week right but you see even then would he have gone to ottawa 
No, he was going to a playoff team, and that was he it. wanted to be on a playoff team then. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, and Ottawa you know, wasn't interested in a rental at that. Yeah, would have been considered a rental. You know, based on that, you know, I can't quibble. I like some a couple of prospects who aren't up in the NHL yet, but it's it, it doesn't even matter right now. They're getting some production at a at a tippet, and and that's fine. I mean, that's the, probably the best they could have done. You know what he needs to work on, Russ Tip, is it working on finishing in close and being a, a little bit more of a power forward. When he gets on he some of those, than that a lot. It's true. Yeah, he needs to go there a little bit harder. I think, like yeah. on some of those, you know, off the rush chances. If you don't have the clear ability to take the shot, or you're on your off wing and you can't pull it, you got to get the shoulder down and drive hard with the puck to the net and have that finish ability close to the net. It's the one thing he needs to develop. If he can do that, he's a true power forward. Um, let me ask you about um about one thing. Cam- uh, one thing I'll add, add to that is because I'm going to look up the number now. We have to remember this is an odd year where he is going to get an inordinate amount of power play time and everything else. But as time goes on and the team gets better, that's not going to be the case. So what will happen if his minutes drop in those areas? That's you have to ask yourself that question. Unless legit, unless he could stay in that and earn that. That's the thing I, I worry about down the line because, you know, right hey, does now. Does Cutter Gauthier take his spot on number one PP? You know, yeah, like you're going to look at yeah. that. Yeah, in a couple of years, that's that's what you're looking at. And so those are legit things because, you know, right now he's getting more ice time than he ever has. And so yep. you do wonder, you know, that is, that is a thing. Right now he's got to really take advantage. He's having his best year, so that's yep. great. You know, let's see where it ends up. Um, Cam York has been kind of all over the D-pairs. Uh, for the Flyers, you know, since he's been called up this year, started the year with the Phantoms, he, he's starting to show a lot more assertiveness in his offensive game and joining the rush. We'd like to see Sanheim join the rush again at some point, but when he's playing <laughs> with D'Angelo, you can't. No. But uh, what have you seen out of York? I, I think he's made a big jump, even though the points aren't, you know, it doesn't have a ton of points. But to me, the eye test with him shows that he's a player that is really making a progressive step forward this year. Yeah, and he's had to play the offside too, right? So, yeah. So he I said he wants to play center D. He said Morgan Frosty told yeah. him he should play center D. So yeah. in the offensive zone, he should play the right side because of the advantage of the stick in the middle of the ice. But right. in the defensive zone, he should move to left. So right. Frosty said, we need to create center D for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which isn't going to happen in a torts world. But, no, you know, I think he's made the adjustment pretty well. And I knew he could play at this level. Now, the question is going to be, is he still physically strong enough winning battles? No. So that's something that even, you know, at the age of 22, he can improve on. That's one thing. Uh, I really don't feel like he's done enough on the power play for his power play time. I think, you know, his shot still is not what I want it to be. I can't. He can whip it, but he needs to hit the net more. He, yeah, he doesn't, hit, he doesn't hit the net enough. And I can't really make him a point guy in the future. Like when D'Angelo's gone, if York is the same as this, there's somebody else that's going to be at the point. They might even use Cutter Gauthier at the point and, instead of him because the shot's just that much better. So that's where I feel like that has to improve. Everything else has been pretty good. I mean, I think he's been defensively responsible. I think he is um, getting the loose pucks. He's making smart decisions. But I also think we're at a point soon where the rubber meets the road and you realize, okay, when they got him, maybe the hype was a little bit too much for the offensive numbers. Mm-hmm. And he's not Dan Boyle. I, you know, I, I will disagree with Torts all day long on that. So, you know, maybe his ceiling is about 35, 40 points. You know, that, that's um, probably his ceiling. We've mentioned Gauthier a couple times now. Uh, you watch a lot of the collegiate game 
Yeah. Does he come out after this year, Ross, or do you send no. him back for another? I, I no, send him back for another. He goes back for another. Um, two simple reasons. For one, there's no. And way that's not an indictment on him as a player. No, he's been great. He's having a really good year. Yeah. First thing is, there's no way Torts lets him be a center coming in. No way. No, too much responsibility. And Will Smith is going uh, to BC. That's a buddy of his. He'll mm-hmm. get to play with him. Maybe they'll have a chance at a championship. Another year playing center, which is good. It's not like Pierre-Luc Dubois just got airlifted into the NHL after one year at center, too. Um, I think he played a little bit longer. And that may have been just one year, but I think it was a little longer. But either way, I just feel like it's only going to benefit him. And there's no reason to come in next year when the team's maybe going to be marginally better, but still kind of in that mushy middle. So I, I'm waiting. I, I want him to have a chance to win a national championship. I want him to do even better than he's doing this year. And somebody might say, well, he's got 14 goals and 24 points in 22 games. Russ, what the hell are you talking about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm talking about. And, and that is, so if I look up Adam Fantilli, who at the age of 18 has 45 points in 24 games and 17 goals, that's true dominance. And that's at a much younger age. So I want to put in perspective what that might look like because it's easy to say, Hey, Cutter Gauthier is tearing up college, bring him over. But Fantilli's really tearing up college. Gauthier is having a tremendous season, but he can improve on that, but he could really improve his overall game. So I want him to do that. Good coaching there too. Oh yeah. He's getting good coaching. He's going to have some teammates that he likes that. um, So, I mean, not that he likes that he's played with before that are super almost um, superstar caliber for the uh, college game. I think Will Smith will do great there. So, uh, yeah, just just stay in college another year. There's no there's there's no reason there's no to rush. come over yet. There yeah. re- really is no rush, and I don't think he is going to be rushed. Like maybe the Flyers ask him and hope that he says yes, but I think he's going to want he's going to tell them uh, I'm going to stay here another year. Um, I want to play this for you, and I want to wrap up on Torch real quick. But this was Torch the other day talking about his team and their identity and a word that I think we're going to hear a lot of called belief. So here's Torch. How well do you feel like the team is starting to develop some sort of identity? Well, I think they're they're growing. Uh, I, I think they see um, uh, where we can be successful uh, as far as the consistency, how we play, the areas that that I think we've improved on. Uh, have to continue to improve on. I, uh, I, I think with players, uh, you need results and uh, for them to have a belief. And, and belief is the most important thing in developing an identity. And uh, I, I thought we, as we went through the month, uh, uh, I just thought we were more consistent in who we were as far as the hardness of it. So uh, hope it continues. I don't know. You never know. It could fall off the fall off the rails. But that is our job as coaches is just trying to keep us consistent and keep on building. So oh, he talks about belief. The players, you know, needing results to develop belief. What do you think of the job he's done so far? To me, he's been a coach, a philosopher, um, a therapist for both the fans and the players. He's done a little bit of everything, and. Uh, been very transparent including that letter the other day yeah so he's he's improved them uh i could tell you that the whole team does not believe in it you can see it on the ice so they haven't solved that problem yet maybe the trade deadline that'll help solve more of that 
but there are players that clearly aren't buying in. Um, there's that. Uh, you know, I brought up something the other day. If you want to be this all-encompassing guy, what he could have done on the break was what uh, Daryl Sutter did and went on the road with the Wranglers for a couple games and went and checked out those players for himself. But Torts isn't going to do that. So Torts isn't doing that, and I don't know how much he really talks to Lappy at all. And you could see that there's a clear disconnect because, like, as an example, the Phantoms, while they do have more um, – AHL all-star kind of players than they used to, you know, the, the lifers, they're also taking up some spots. You want some young players to play down there. And uh, there's a fine juggling act that's going on there. As an example, I wrote about uh, Ronnie Adderd for Philly hockey now, and he's not even on the top pairing, you know, Delpedio is, and it's like, okay. Yeah. Delpedio is not a future piece. No, and I get it. He's helping your team now, but you know what? Ronnie Adderd needs to be in that spot. If you Mm -hmm. want him to really, truly, challenge for something you know next year for the team then he needs to play that spot because you know second pairing in the ahl is not even third pairing most times in the nhl so and that's where he would be on the third pair so the challenges need to be different for some of those guys so i my problem is is like when i see that the phantoms and we do a on locked on flyers we do like a weekly phantoms chat and there's their second worst or third worst in the pk and the Flyers have improved dramatically in the PK. So that's how I know the two coaches don't, don't talk enough, and if at all. And so that's, for me, is a still a huge disconnect. And I get it. Torts always has the thing, like, let me worry about this. You guys worry about that. And when I need help, I'll call you. Uh, that's fine. But even now, after the deadline, there's going to be a point where I'm going to start questioning, how much time does Nick Sealer need to get? How much yeah. time are you going to sign Nick Sealer long-term? Is this a guy now that you think is a long-term guy? Now, if Torts likes him, it may happen, I, and I, I might disagree. But this is the part of Torts now where I think he has to Be start. A malleable. Also, yeah, he has to start looking down the road a little bit. And you have created something good here, and you and the team does battle for the most part. But again, last game, after the morning press conference where he said they need to come out hard and come off of this break hard and everything else. They got killed for 10, 12 minutes destroyed. Now, yeah. luckily it was only one goal, but they got destroyed and dominated. And that's what tells me there's still a ton of work to do. Yeah, there absolutely is. There's a long way to go. And we got to find out first and foremost, if uh, resiliency and a new culture plays 82 games, because there's right. 30 left. That, yeah. That's a big oh, yeah. key. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Key. And I think that's why Torts, believe it or not, in in that clip said, well, we could fall off a cliff because I think he also recognizes that. He feels it. Yeah. 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 He he feels like the footing is not super secure in this situation. It, yeah. It's taken a step forward with January. Yes. But is it are you are you got you got anchors in the side of the mountain? No. <laughs> yeah. You, you could still end up uh, falling off the mountain. Uh, Russ, what's on Sportsology.com? Sportsology.com. Actually, today there's going to be something about the Super Bowl. I interviewed Jill Gonzalez, who's also a comedian, but she works for a place called Wallet Hub. We talked about a lot of the, uh, you know, the different financial aspects of the Super Bowl. Uh, my new draft rankings are up there on hockeyology. So that's up there. So those things, there'll be some baseball coming now that we have baseball in another week. You don't really care about that, but I do. Nope. Yeah, you do. Absolutely <laughs> do. Uh, follow Russ on Twitter at Sportsology. Follow him. Uh, go to his website, sportsology.com. Thanks for doing this, brother. We'll talk next week or next couple weeks. All right. See you then.
There he is, Russ Cohen at Sportsology. We got something coming back for you today that we haven't had in a long time. We're going to make you some money. So how about we have a return visit with our man? We'll be bringing him on weekly once again. It is time for Tone. Needs a little support, and to bring the support, it is the man. How about it? Tone's takes is back. What's going on, Tone? Hey, Jason. Good to see you. Thanks for having me back on. How's your season been going? I know you've been crushing in the units. It's been it's been going good. I've been on a nice little six, seven, eight week heater here. Started out, I was minus fifteen units in the middle of December, and now I'm up to a plus forty one point thirty eight units. So. Been uh, on a nice little, uh, nice little NHL run. Totals. I've been to my totals last uh, few weeks. I'm sixteen two and four on uh, over unders. So it's been a nice little, uh, nice little run here. So break kind of, you know, kind of cut into that a little bit. So I'm off to a little yeah. sluggish start this week, but you know, stay, stay with it. You know, how's it been this year? Because you know, we see like goal scoring is up again. We see several players. I think it's like eighteen players on a hundred point pace. Uh, yep. We see a power play in Edmonton that we'll see tonight, actually, that's clicking at a, a, an absurd 32%, right? So how's yep. it been this year, like, on the player prop side? Player props have been have been good. Been um, up and down, but I'm up uh, about a little over 30 units, I think, on on player props, mostly shots on goal I do. But, yeah, it's it's been crazy. I, I definitely have to look into more into, like, uh, points over one and a half points, you know, at, at plus money prices. Um but yeah, goal scoring has been insane. Leads of teams are blowing leads all over the place. I think it's going to kind of, you know, I think the good teams are going to kind of, you know, come to the forefront here in the second half. But it's 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 been a wacky wacky start to the season. So yeah, it's, been, no it's like the first kind of like normal season since COVID, really, if you think about it. You know. Yeah, there's been you know no interruptions or you know protocols are all back to normal. Locker rooms are open. It feels very pre-pandemic yep. this year, and. It, and that's yep. been been awesome. Um, let, let's get right to the plays. Florida's got San Jose. Now, Florida's such a weird team this year, right? They make the trade last year. They get Giroux. They win the President's Trophy. They move on from Andrew Brunette, who just got a DUI. Uh, they bring in Paul Maurice, but it really hasn't worked out for this team. And we know where San Jose is right now. Uh, they have the leading contender for the Norris and Eric Carlson. The NHL needs to find a way that that team can move him by maybe changing some salary cap rules in the future. But uh, what do you like about this game tonight? I imagine it's the over. Yeah, over seven plus 110. Um, I know Barkov was just uh, ruled out. I still like this. Florida still has a ton of firepower. Look, this team's going to have to score goals if they want to make a playoff push. Three points out of a spot. Um, I know Bobrovsky did look good against Tampa, but – Thinking the uh, you know momentum they got from Kachuk at the All Star game, he had a great game the other night. Uh, San Jose five pointer, right? Five pointer, yep, yep. San Jose, like you said, Carlson's having the resurgence. I mean, the guy looks unbelievable. Back to the old Ottawa days. Uh, Florida's fifteen and seven over under at home. San Jose sixteen and eleven on the road. Um, yeah, especially if Capo Kakinen goes in net for San Jose. I mean, Reimer's nothing great, but Kakinen is even worse. So I definitely like this over at seven at, at plus one ten. It's a big number, but you know, I, I think we at least get seven goals and take a shot for maybe like a five three, five three game with an empty netter. 
does that number at seven, because that is a big number, is that one that almost tips your hand and tells you something? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a line read, right? Yeah. Usually at seven, you can kind of get it at like plus 125. I've done that before, mm-hmm. but at only plus 110, that shows you right there where, where things are going. So instead of laying the juice on a six and a half, it's just my style. I'll go with the plus money and you know, if it pushes, it pushes. Yeah, Carlson, 69 points in 52 games this year. He's got 52 assists. And how about Kachuk in 50 games, 71 points. He's one of those players I referred to that's on the over 100-point pace uh, in the NHL. Yeah. He's He's been unbelievable. He's not the reason why they are where they are. Um, yep. You know, you look at Verhage in this game. you got a player prop, and you're looking at shots on goal here for Connor Verhage. He's a guy that uh, got 163 shots on the season. Um, you like him on an over uh, three and a half shots on goal in the game? Yeah, what a what a pickup this guy has been for for them. Yeah. Leads them with twenty eight. Leads them with twenty eight goals. Uh, he's hit this in eight of his last ten. Last five at home, he's hit this. Uh, he averages uh, three point four shots on goal per game at home. Uh, five point three attempts. Uh, San Jose has given up about thirty two shots per game on the road. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna stay involved here, especially now with Barkov out. There's more more room for uh, for Higgy to put pucks on that. I'm kind of surprised that this number is plus one eighteen. Take it, yeah. A um, couple games tonight I want to ask you about. Avalanche, the Cup champs, facing the team that was the two-time Cup champ. Avalanche not having that dream season. They've obviously been out with a very key player in Landeskog, but it's time to kind of shit or get off the pot here for the Avs, and they're in uh, Florida to take on the Lightning tonight. What do you like about this game? I'm going to go something that you might like on this. I'm going to look to go uh, both goalie props to hit their over saves. Uh, when that number comes out. I think this game, I think both teams are going to be charged up for this game. Tampa Bay um, looking for the revenge, and they've had they had that bad loss against uh, San Jose and an even worse loss against Florida the night before. Uh, Colorado just blitzed Pittsburgh in the, in that game the other night, and DeSmith stood on his head. Pittsburgh got the win. Um, so instead of going maybe like I kind of lean on an under here, but instead of doing that, I've done this in a couple of Tampa Bay games. Um, just going to go with both, both goalies to hit their save marks when, you know, once that comes out. You know, Vassie's going because why? He always goes. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. Uh, the Devils, what a resurged year for them. And the Seattle Kraken now putting their first good season together under former Flyers head coach Dave Hackstall has done a nice job there. We're talking about Jack Adams when uh, as a nominee for, for Hack out there in Seattle. Yep. Uh, the Devils, a big number here, though, at home, minus 155. The over-under six and a half. Are you leaning Seattle here? Do you do you like Seattle on the road in this situation, or are you going Devils? I do not. I'm looking at Devils team total over pending Jack Hughes. He got a little banged up uh, the other day, so there's no word on him yet. If he plays, I'm going to look at the Devils over three and a half uh, goals. I'm going to fade Seattle in the second half. I just I'm, Martin Jones is not who he's been in the first half of the season. Yeah. Um, Islanders took care of business against them the other night, but I don't. I don't even think Seattle's going to make the playoffs. To be honest with you, so we'll be looking to play wow. them in the second half of the season. Well, that's not going to do Hack any favors in the Jack Adams. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and, and Hughes, boy, would have come in. You know, come to year for him. You know, thirty-five goals, thirty-two of six, sixty-seven points. He's been yeah, unbelievable. Oh yeah, he's just amazing. Talk about Quinn Hughes to New Jersey too. It'd be three Hughes brothers there eventually. I don't see yeah. that happening. I can't see Vancouver moving them. Um, hey, Tone, I know you're a big Philly sports fan. We've got um, a pretty big game on Sunday called the Super Bowl. Five years after the first Super Bowl win in Philadelphia, you got the jersey on now. Uh, you got a player prop in this game. I know you're always looking at the player props, and they're always there's so many props and everything to get in on. Do you have a player prop for the Super Bowl? 
I do. My my top one is Kenny Kenny Gainwell over thirty two and a half uh, scrimmage yards. I think they're going to utilize him a lot out of the backfield. Chiefs are susceptible to that. Um, I know he's gotten a lot of his numbers um, in the playoffs and kind of like second half time when he was have had the lead. Uh, but I think they're going to ride that momentum with him. I don't, you know, he's going to get a couple. He's going to get some handoffs for sure. But I definitely look for him out of the uh, out of the backfield that ex- explosiveness that he has. So you like the Eagles really, in the game? Really like. Uh, I'm I'm leaning towards Kansas City to be honest with you. I mean, I know everyone's talking the Eagles blowout, but I I just don't I don't see it. I think it's going to be a close game. I'm not going to take it because I, I mean I took the over already. I'm on that 15 and a half. I'm not going to go with a side, but I'm I'm leaning Kansas City. Okay, a close game though, and and Mahomes yeah. is just such an X factor. It's going to be it's, it's going to be a, it's a fun game. Yeah, it's a legacy game for him. I mean, he can get two Super Bowls, you know, at this young age. So. Yeah, Reed versus Sirianni, two coaches that That's were great. fired from the opposition. It's crazy. Yeah, great storyline. NFL couldn't have made for a better matchup. Tone, where can people get your info uh, on social and regular? On uh, Tone's Takes on uh, at Twitter and then uh, on uh, Donmers.com Monday to Friday, right at NHL articles. And we will talk to you next week. Best of luck, man. Cashman, we appreciate it as always. Great to have you back. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it.